Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto Wilt, your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. We are going to have un show maravilloso para mi gente. We are going to have a great show for our people today. How's everybody doing today? We trust that all's going fine. Welcome aboard, Breach MCP. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes, E2247. Welcome aboard, Alistair Waters. Welcome aboard, Michael Rodnan. Welcome aboard, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. Welcome aboard, AVQ, welcome aboard, and I think I've got everybody. Egberto, one for the screen. What does it say? Common Dream says what? Wall Street bonuses have soared above worker wages. Do we actually doubt that at any time? Isn't that something that is quite obvious? Of course it is. Total private sector average earnings, manufacturing earnings, construction average earnings, and of course, Wall Street bonuses have soared. We all knew that. Anyhow, Common Dreams, U.S. minimum wage would be $42 today if it rose as much as Wall Street bonuses. Analysis, Sarah Anderson, director of Global Economic Project at IPS and the author of New Analysis, wrote Thursday that average weekly earnings for all U.S. private sector workers increased by only 54% from 2008 to 2022, a significantly slower pace in inequality fueling Wall Street bonuses. The total bonus pool for 190,800 New York City-based Wall Street employees in 2022 was $33.7 billion, enough to pay for 771,520 jobs that pay $15 per hour. <laughs> wow. <laughs> With... Benefits for a year, Anderson observes Wall Street bonuses come on top of base salaries, which average $516,000 a year for New York securities industry employees in 2021. I don't know why I am angry laughing at this. Banksters make nothing of value. That's what we preach, isn't it? Banksters or gangsters, banksters, shock shock stock brokers, they don't do a darn thing but move paper and try to find a way to make more money out of paper. Angry laughing, My, Michael Rudden says. Angry laughing. Angry laughing. And there he is. Angry laughing. I see you, Michael. I see you. He also says, yesterday was a good family out and ever see this many seagulls on the beach? I never see seagulls at all because I'm not near the beach. But he wants you to see the seagulls that he took pictures of. I am glad you had a good time, my brother. I'm glad you had a good time. I need a vacation. Can't afford a vacation right now, but I need a vacation. I'd love to go to Cancun. Uh, Ashley's Padrino called and said, Ashley, you are going to come to Cancun with us. I don't care what your daddy says. So she says, okay. She says, okay. Anyhow, what else have we got here? What else have we got here? But he says, hi, peeps. E two two four seven. What are you doing to me? Mitakuyu owasi aitupuapi al my relatives. Good day. I trust that's what it means. I tried to read it. Oh, <laughs> all right. Egberto uh, Bridge also has one for the screens. You guys are screening me up today. On the screen says there is something deeply hypocritical about praying for a problem you are unwilling to resolve. I like that. I like that. All right, folks, what else have we got here? Alistair Water says, Greeting, all. Got a headache moving in with the storm, so I can't say how long I'll last here today. 
I, I command your headache to go away. I command your headache to go away like if I could do that. But I tried. I tried. Okay. E22. No, listen, Michael, Rodney, Michael, how many things do you want me to put on the screen, brother? But because it's you, Neil deGrasse Tyson's tweet says, Evidence collected over many years obtained from many locations indicates that the power of prayer is insufficient to stop bullets from killing school children. And we have all the examples we need. Right? All right, let me get rid of some of these uh, things that you guys have sent me because you're filling up my memories. All right. Eric Hayes says, Common denominator, Harris County, Kabul of Hidalgo and Ellison Garcia cheating people out of money for flood control with virtually all the HUD money going to LMI areas with no, not enough money left in uh, enough flood bonds to finish all the projects. Judge Lina Hidalgo and Commissioners Rodney Ellis and Adrian Garcia owe us an explanation how they intend to fulfill the county's promise to voters who approved the 2018 flood bonds. I love it when rich people don't get the cut of a bond that they really wanted, right? For the decades and decades and decades that other parts of the city didn't get their due, nobody cares. Nobody cares, but it affects you. You know what's the solution? Guess what's the solution? Raise taxes. Raise taxes on those expensive homes. But you don't want that. It's okay. All right, Eric Hay says, here is your big story. Russia is not phased by the West and is making strategic alliances with huge countries, China and India, and dire consequences for America. It's almost like you want dire consequences for America. Aren't you a patriot? Where are, is our foreign policy going now? What's behind India's strategic neutrality on Russia's invasion of Ukraine? Do you really need to ask that? Cheap oil. Come on, man. This isn't rocket science. Egberto, I'm grateful to see you expressing good health today. I have a headache, but anytime I'm with you guys, I forget about it. You know why? Because you're my peeps. Eric Hay says, guess you, I guess go get you a Wall Street job. Not interested. I don't like screwing over people. I love people. You know? Although... With things the way they're going at KPFT right now, I may just go ahead and tell them to bye-bye because, you know, they're wanting to kind of move my times around even though I am the, the talk show that makes the most. They're talking about, well, you know, we want to try all the things. Da -da 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 I'm saying, well, I got to give things a real thought. I may just leave the entire network. I'm not sure. I was talking it over with my daughter to say what I'm going to do based on the treatment that I get after all the work, dedication, and stuff that I put in there. We'll see. We'll see what I decide or whether I just go ahead and raise hell. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Anyhow, Lee Grant says, prayer itself under the microscope at PDR. No. I think Lee, De De uh, Lee Degrassi just said it right. Bridge MCP says, sorry, Alistair Water. Big storm here last night. 50 miles per hour wind. E2247 says, climate change 2023 synthesis. Bridge MCP says, prayers are 
finally, but action is needed as well. I agree. Home, are Christians being targeted? No, we don't target Christians like you guys target progressives, man. But we still love you. Uh, 2023 AR-16 cycle. What is that? Uh, is that a video or what? Let me know so I know if to try. Egberto, you're wrong on flood bonds again. 80% of all monies has gone to poorer areas since 2000. Well, they're mostly poorer areas. What can I say? All right, let's continue. Bruce Pollard says, we can find a better channel. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yeah, I really got uh, upset that they kind of want to move things around. I think if you're talking about if you're talking about KPFT, Bruce, yeah. Uh, in, in fact, um, if I don't really get what I really should have at KPFT, um, more than likely, um, we are going to work on another network. Uh, I've already started working with with some others on a network. Uh, it's all, you know all inclusive, uh, big channel network. So. You know, there's there's a lot there's a lot to happen. There's a lot to work on. You know, so that's what we're doing. Yeah, seriously, I was upset. They were asking you for those ridiculous hours. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, they you know they, they they put it with roses. It's like, oh, we want you to bring that oh, that hour in. You would be so good at six o'clock because you will re reinvigorate a good hour and you'll bring even more to us. You know, again, I was a top money fundraiser for uh the top fundraiser for what again talk shows and my per hour average was higher than most uh music shows as well just saying and you know i, I would go out there and string wires and run wires and put up smoke alarms and all that good stuff for somebody to then tell me uh well you know uh, you know, uh, we, we will talk about what we can do about ours, but, you know, we want to bring other folks in, right? We want to, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I haven't decided if I'm just going to leave the network or I haven't decided if I'll just go ahead and raise hell. You know, sometimes, um, you know, you, you want, you guys know how I feel. I really like to be circumspect. I like to be complete. And I also love people, so I want to make sure that the things that I do don't affect those that should not be affected. Because it's not only about politics done right, it's about the audience, and it's about the myriad of people who call that place home. So... Here you go. That's what we really need to, um, you know, again, it's not about being selfish or self-centered or anything like that. You want to make sure that what you're doing is right by the people, right by the people. And that's not a, that's not a false modesty. That's not a false, you know, I, 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 my, my brother sent me a piece in Spanish uh, with this, with this, um, I guess he's an artist talking about, uh, talking about what he wants to do and how he talks. And he said, don't listen to all these people. They come on air and give you a false modesty. I give you who I am. So when I look in the mirror, I see who I am. And that touched me because I said to myself, I want who I am 
to come across on the screen. And who I, but here's the thing though, who I am today isn't who I was yesterday. I've learned so much as life moved on. Learned so much. I've even gotten humble. I had a chip on my shoulder like you'd not imagine. If you think I got a chip on my shoulder now, I had a chip on my shoulder because I came to America knowing that everything was against me and I had to go out there and prove things. Then as I learned, you know, people are people. I remember when my wife used to say that. People are people. People are people. Anyway, folks, great having all of you here. Let's see. Alistair said, who is attacking your prayers? Lee Grant. Bridge MCP says, PDR. Uh, the PDR. Alistair Waters is PDR. Yes. Yes. Michael Ryan says, Eric Hayes always linking uh, to that reduced flood insight. I know the guy who made that site. Bridge MCP says, Egberto, that's why we have a rear view mirror. It's the past. Thank you, my beautiful lady. Alistair Waters says, I wholeheartedly believe in the power of prayer. PBS scientists confirm global floods and droughts worsen by climate change. Oh, how did I switch from there? Oh, it scrolled. I was like, wow, how did I mix those two together? All right, folks, let's go get busy with our first video. Uh, we are going to have Andy Schmuckler again. Uh, we have a we have like three Andy Schmuckler videos that we've done because we've done them consecutively. He wants to talk about fascism and democracy. So let's go ahead and listen to Brother Andy. You know, I like this this guy. He's an older guy, very thoughtful, and usually has a lot to say. So let's go ahead and talk to Andy. Welcome to Politics Done Right. With us today, again, is Dr. Andrew Smokler, PhD, a prize-winning author, former Democratic candidate for Congress in Virginia's Red uh, Shenandoah Valley, former talk British talk show host, summa cum laude graduate from Harvard University, PhD awarded with distinction in a program specifically created to accommodate his original theory explaining how civilization has developed and a frequent columnist in newspapers around the United States of America. Andy, welcome to Politics Done Right once again with our series, A Better Human Story. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing okay. You're doing okay. Usually I'll say you're doing great. Well, you look great. Anyhow, okay. continuing with our discussion that we have consistently on uh, A Better Human Story. Last time, um, as we were ending, uh, we, we decided to start in, uh, well, we decided to follow up on a discussion, but I think what we want to touch on is something that you you brought forth a little bit earlier, and that is the battle between democracy and fascism. How how do you see that battle? Well, one thing I can say is that I see it as um, dealing with a problem that's been there since the beginning of civilization. the The way things inevitably arose. Tyre is that you get warlords, gangsters, tyrants rise to the top. And so the power system in, in civilized societies were all over the, the planet has been that the people on top have the power and they exploit the people below. The question for humankind has been since the beginning of civilization, how can we arrange so that the people in general actually control the power, make it into an instrument of achieving their purposes, rather than 
the people being used to serve the purposes of those on top who are wielding power. So fascism, whether it be uh, Hitler's or the, the 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 fascist regime in Japan and uh, that that uh, slaughtered the Chinese uh, in the 30s, or whether it be uh, uh, Putin's Russia right now, and and we could you know Mussolini, uh, it it it's a society which is organized from the top down, which is the ancient problem of civilization. So I actually would say that. I would want to define fascism primarily in terms of whether the people are controlling the power or being controlled by the power. Democracy, what our founders made a, I think, brilliant, if not perfect, attempt to achieve was to reverse the flow of power from the many to control the few. That's democracy. And in the around the planet right now, and this is one of the great puzzles to me is, you know, I've looked a lot about how fascism has been rising in America for the last, well, I'd say 30 years. But I've been focused on that. But meanwhile, it's now become visible in, in recent years that this is kind of a global thing. Why is it that countries uh, as apparently disconnected as India, which now has this Hindu nationalist, um, semi-fascist, uh, and Brazil on the other side of the world, which uh, at least until very recently had this. Well, oh. they corrected themselves with the election of Lula da Silva. Yeah, and he's still, you know, he like Trump, he hasn't admitted defeat, which is another you know, the, the 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 democracy is founded on a a uh, a treaty formed by everybody. We agree that our struggle for power will be conducted according to certain rules. Like you end up, at the core of those is an election, and so we agree we will fight it out according to these rules. And when the people have chosen. In the constitutionally prescribed way, not everybody does it, but you have to decide somehow, and that's how we do it. When the people have chosen, everybody says, okay, we'll have to go back and, you know, we'll try again in four years or or whatever the deal is. But we've had a couple of uh, crises in America, which have been extremely destructive, when a force said, no, we're not willing to, you know, grant you the power for the next four years. The South was not willing to accept that Abraham Lincoln had won the election according to the constitutional process. It had helped him that the Whig Party and the Democratic Party had been broken apart by slavery, but those were the rules. But they said, no, we will not accept that. They've been, anyway, now in, in America now, and Bolsonaro in Brazil, uh, and Carrie Lake in Arizona, 
have this fascistic thing. We don't agree to play by the rules, not by in terms of elections, not, in, you know, we'll have we'll try for a coup d'etat if we lose the election or in some states, this fascistic power, uh, first in North Carolina and then Wisconsin then in Michigan, they lose an election and they scramble with, with their legislature to strip the powers away from the office that they lost. No agreement to play by the rules. And indeed, you look at Putin's Russia, you look at Hitler's Germany and all that. The rules are whatever the power wanted it to be at the let's, time. Let, let's let's stop there because um you know, you said something that, you know, that that kept on inching on me with regards to um when when you spoke about, you know, starting from our founding and what makes fascist versus democracy, etc. Do you think that maybe uh, and and uh, uh, let me just posit this: that the hypocrisy of um, of a democracy may be responsible for the growth in fascism, not only here in America but around the world. As an example, um, when you when you state categorically about our founding on 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 democratic principles, but at the same time, I believe at the time of our foundings, only 5% or so of the people could actually vote because, again, uh, you had to be land owning, et cetera. Don't you think that was sort of perpetrating that um, that it, it was sort of a democracy, but a democracy of the powerful, which is probably just a step away from fascism? Well, the question is how to look at the how causality is working. Right. So that we get we know what stands out. What stands out about the Constitution is in the history of civilization going back, uh, let's say, 5000 years. It's an amazing step forward. Are we surprised that um, that these people like Jefferson and Madison, uh, who, who envisioned what justice would be like. And by the way, they were pretty, let, let's stop. They were pretty young people. They weren't, they weren't matured like you are, who probably had, have a, a deeper on, you know, I, I, here's what I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off subject here because I, I want your thoughts about this. You are, you're an elder in the political sphere. Uh, guys like Madison, I believe, were in their twenties or early thirties. But they were. But you know, Ben Franklin was, was a, a older guy. A, a, and, and let me let me finish the the point though. The problem isn't that the Constitution. The problem we face now isn't that the Constitution was flawed. The flaws were pretty much inevitable. These people were the products of the kind of history I'm talking about. You know, they came out of England, which was a a monarchy with an aristocracy. You know, the, the habits, you know, you and I will be looked back upon as, you know, when we, when we fly around the country or something like that, people will say, didn't they know that there was a climate crisis? <laughs> you know, how, how, how did these... How did these people decide, <laughs> yeah, I can go visit Uncle uh, Schlemiel, uh by driving 500 miles? Didn't they think that they had some responsibility not to, you know, so that's a, that's a very good. That's a very good state. True statement. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Jefferson was broken between the vision 
And the fact that he was an aristocrat in Virginia living off the labor of slaves. Right. So, yeah, propertied men. I mean, even the New Englanders, I suppose, were were into that. But that was a more democratic society up in Massachusetts than than there had ever been in, in Virginia. So you're trying to build a new kind of society out on the on the the scaffolding that's been left by a process of social evolution that has created vast injustices between races, between classes, you know, but, you know, that all men are created equal came back in the mouth of Lincoln. The words did matter. Lincoln took, took those words from Jefferson, the slaveholder, and used them to emancipate the slaves. So the words mattered, and America has been working. Uh, one of the one of the things that's been going on is that America has been working toward fulfilling the ideals. I mean, it's an evolutionary process. Women get the vote in 1919 or whatever it was. I mean, of course they should have had the vote, but that's not how. So- yeah, right. But not that's not how societies were. You know, I gather the rule of thumb. The origin of the word back in England in uh, the 17th century, the 16th century, was that's the size, the thickness of a stick that a husband is entitled to beat his wife with. That's what I understand. I can't certify that, but I've heard it a couple of times. You'll get in trouble for that, but go ahead. (laughs) But anyway, what I'm saying is property people versus the poor people. Geez, we got thousands of years of exploitation along that line. Can't erase that line overnight. Men tyrannizing over women, infantilizing them, uh, making them subject to only men can vote. You know, trace where that came from. It's a very old pattern of domination and exploitation of women by men. So it didn't happen. But the thing about this moment isn't those flaws. We've been trying, or part of the culture has been trying to realize that ideal, but we have never been threatened in terms of the basic democratic order as seriously in the last 226 years or whatever it is, like we are now. Something new has come up, and it's not because our democracy was flawed. It's because the whole social system of forces became such that the force of fascism grew in strength and the force that would recognize the threat and respond to it got more blind and more weak. And so the immune system of our, of our democracy was so weakened that this spirit of the gangster could gain ground at the expense of our democracy. Now, in, in, in the spirit of the gangster, in, in other words, uh, by those people who are just willing to take power at all costs, in other words, not through a democratic process, but just taking power. Um, don't you, uh, earlier you claim that it's not necessarily a flaw in democracy that is creating that. And I would wonder if, uh, if, if we look a little bit deeper uh, not necessarily the flaws of democracy, but the failure in the implementation of democracy that opens the door for that uh, that charlatan, that uh, uh, what th- that charlatan to take uh, 
to build a story that allows him to build a fascist state. In other words, Donald Trump used the same arguments that that um, Bernie Sanders used uh, to with with his people to to try to bring them in. Uh, this society has failed you. Try it my way. And, well, and you know, you know the, 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 there's a a real systemic right kind of view of all this, and and at the end of the last session one of the things that we got into is the part of uh, this systemic problem that has to do with the state of mind of millions of Americans that I have admitted, you know, I've tried very hard to understand with limited success that, you know, the, the democracy made it possible for things like Rush Limbaugh and Newt Gingrich and Fox News, which is very much in the news now, to rise up and poison the minds of tens of millions of people over the course of, well, let's just say uh, from the early 90s. What does poisoning of the mind mean? Uh, I, I, I think our audience need to under understand that because one can give lies, one can give misinformation, or one can reinterpret reality for people. What 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 is this poison we're talking about? Well, it's very complicated, but l- let me put it this way: the people that I talked with on the radio in the Shenandoah Valley back in the nineties were able to speak sincerely and in a way which moved me about their values. I loved them for it. I loved the the Christian values, which I could tell in some of the conversations, I could tell they actually did live according to some of the beautiful teachings of Jesus. And they had a patriotism and a reverence for the Constitution that you sort of associate with conservatism more than with, you know, we're, we're on our side, we're a little less rah-rah, USA, we're number one. Yeah, but I, I heard a reverence for the Constitution, and, and they talked about character, which is, I, I shared the, the, that value. I think it is important what kind of character. And, and conservatives have always been, Traditionally, anyway, more emphasizing of the the importance of good character than the people on the liberal side. But I appreciate it all. So poisoning the mind, it means moving people, among other things, it means moving people to a place where they can look at somebody like Donald Trump, who is the opposite of all those things. He's the opposite. I mean, even explicitly, he, you know, Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Donald Trump has explicitly said, to hell with that. I say hit him back 10 times over. The opposite. He, that they revere the Constitution and they support the guy who's been the biggest threat to the American Constitution in our entire history. They care about good character and they support a guy I've never seen so so anybody so deeply flawed in so many ways and so blatantly 
Like it's not hidden like it was with Richard Nixon. It's right out there. And so how is it? So you could, you ask, what do I mean by poison mind? And I say, what is it that enables people like this who were say back when the first Bush was president? If you'd ask, if you'd shown them a Donald Trump figure in a movie or in real life, I really don't believe they would have had a different reaction from mine. With, what, what a terrible human being and left it at that. But over the course of the poisoning of their minds from Limbaugh and his ditto heads through uh, Fox News and what we know what they've been doing, they eventually got to the place in 2015. After what would that be? 23 years of poisoning with Carl Rove pitching in while Bush was president, they somehow or other got to the place where they could look at Donald Trump, who was just so obviously the very opposite of anybody you should entrust with power. I mean, he's a bully. He's, he's demeaning. He's completely self-serving. And it's all right out there. It's exactly what you don't want wielding the power of the presidency. But after apparently 23 years, those people I was talking with uh, on the radio who are beautiful in what they expressed decided that, that Donald Trump was just exactly who they wanted in the, in, in the White House. And even now, after watching him try to overthrow the Constitution in a violent coup d'etat and wielding something which is the most obvious lie in the history of the world because of all the investigations and recounts and judicial findings, et cetera. They continue to believe that. What the hell happened to them? Well, something did, and I don't know how it worked, but I think I saw Limbaugh doing it. I think I saw Gingrich doing it. I've, we've all seen Fox News doing it, and Carl Rove was doing it, and now Donald Trump has, has taken them even deeper into the deep end. Now, these are the same people who, uh, the same people you're talking about, is a, are the people that always talk about personal responsibility? They used to. I don't know. Do they still? They still talk about personal responsibility. That's why they want to get rid. They. they that's why they think that uh, that uh, entitlement programs are wrong because personal responsibility means you don't need entitlements. You'll take care of I yourself. Suppose. But so, you know. So, but 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 these are the people who believe in personal responsibility. So shouldn't they be held personal? personally accountable for going against what they claimed in the past to support somebody as flawed, doing flawed things, and actually harming many of the people they claim to love? Shouldn't they have to take personal responsibility for that? As opposed to just saying, Fox, look, I agree with you, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I agree with you that Fox News and all these guys found some part of these people's psyche that is able to have them vote against their own interests, support a person like Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera. What within their psyche allows that? I think I have, I know the answer, but I'd wonder if, um, it, it, you know, your thoughts on that. Well, let me, let me address the, the question you just posed about the personal responsibility. We need to keep our eye on the prize. What's going on here is a battle between democracy and fascism. 
And fascism has fortified itself over the last 30 years, uh, with starting with Limbaugh, uh, as I see it, um, by moving people's minds in that direction. You, you know, I've got lots of thoughts about what's going on, but you know, like I say, there's, it's just sort of mind, blows my mind that, that it could happen in a free society. Um, and I've thought about it for years. But we, the question that needs to be asked is, what can we do so that X years down the, the line, whatever's a realistic uh, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years, <laughs> the, the people who, who, who have been captured in this way so that they could believe the unbelievable and support the unsupportable that we do not have so large a contingent in our population that's of that sort. What can we do that will bring back? I mean, I, my wife and I know a couple of Republicans here. We're going to have them over for dinner and their spouses, lovely people. And, and, and we've developed a very nice relationship. We're not going to talk about politics on this occasion. But the question is, if you've got lots of good people, in some sense of the word good, I think you took issue with me uh, about using that word. Doesn't it, Let me just say, if you interact with them in areas that don't touch upon the politics, there's a beauty that you experience. The, 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 the guy I'm inviting to dinner here, we, we spar about things online with my op-eds. He is such a gentleman. He is so civil. He's even generous to me. And he's starting to move, I think. But anyway, he's, uh, he's an exceptionally fine person in terms of what I encounter there, except for the way he sees things. And what is, and, 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 and here's, here's how I want to close this segment. How does he see things? And we are going to explore that right after this. Well, he either doesn't see what's happening. He's a guy from the, the, the Naval Academy and a long, distinguished na career in the Navy. I think he thinks it's still, he may still think this is the uh, party that he grew to love growing up in the post-war era from Eisenhower onward, you know. He may still, he may not have noticed that a fundamental transformation has occurred in his party. It is it is something that would have been repugnant to every American conservative leader from George Washington to Dwight Eisenhower and the first Bush. They would have said this is ugly. Maybe he hasn't noticed that. Or maybe and I've sort of asked him this question publicly. Maybe he thinks that if he stays in the party. But then he tells me he's supporting people like uh, uh he doesn't like DeSantis. He doesn't want Trump, but he he would be happy with with uh, Nikki Haley, and, and and he'd be happy with um, Ron DeSantis. Uh, with, with um uh, the black senator from Scott, Scott, from yeah. South Carolina. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if you see what's happening, Rick Scott is that his first name. Rick Scott. No, no, Rick. Yeah. That's Rick Scott is a, the senator from Florida, but it is Scott. I, I can't remember. Okay. His Tim yeah. Scott, maybe. Tim, Tim Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he seems like a decent guy, but 
He violated his oath of office. Yes. He's a senator who voted to acquit Donald Trump, who was impeachable in more ways than we previously could have imagined one person could ever make himself uh, appropriate for impeachment. So he was willing to serve the fascistic force in violation of his oath of office. Mr. Andy or Dr. Andy Schmuckler, uh, we are going to continue. And the next segment, we're going to explore a bit more about your dinner date. Thank you so kindly. Sounds like fun. On Politics Done Right. Love that guy. Love that guy. Love that guy. Love that guy. Anyhow, um, let's see what else we got here. It seems to me that I missed some. Let's see. Oh, you guys have been talking. You guys have been talking. Hey, all, I saw on Daily Coast today that the, that the Kingwood, that the Texas Observer will remain open. Yeah, did somebody beat me to that? You know, I I forgot that's what I was supposed to play today. I'll play the the cowards things tomorrow. What time is it? Forty four. Maybe I can do them both still. I have. Hey, Daniel, thank you for for pointing that out because guess who I interviewed uh, yesterday last night. I called him up last night and said, "Hey, man, you got you got it done." You actually got it done. And I am trying to find that interview right now. Where the where is it? The Texas editor. Uh, there we go. The Texas editor discusses keeping the magazine alive. And editor Gabriel uh, Foundation. I think this is it here. There is go. There we go. I think that's it. Let's go for it. Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. You guys know what we covered today. The Observer, uh, for some reason, they thought it was okay that the, the only real liberal rag in Texas would be shut down. Well, you know what? Crowdsourcing works. We are honored once again to have Gabriel Arana, who will be here telling us about the success that they've had in bringing back that magazine to life. Well, they brought it back to life before it actually died. Welcome to Politics on Right, Senor. Thanks so much for having me. Gracias. Let me tell you something, brother. Um, when I, I, I a few days ago, I got an email from uh, one of the, our listeners, and they said I can't deal with it anymore. Uh, my 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 progressive magazine, they're shutting it down. Then that's when I came out and tried to find you to find out exactly what was going on. To start, why don't you tell me a, a short synopsis of what happened? What happened? Well, um, <clears throat> it was business as usual. We were uh, getting ready to finish um, the latest issue of the magazine, which is on um, uh, women's health care, um, maternal health care in uh, Texas. And on Sunday, um, I get a call from the Texas Tribune, and they told me that... Um, the magazine is closing and that they're firing everyone. Um, and so, um, you know, we found out the entire staff found out that we were losing our jobs um, from another outlet and um, the board hadn't bothered to tell us, you know, about financial troubles. They hadn't tried to fundraise and they didn't want to tell us until, you know, the very last minute and then just to give up. Um, and we didn't want to give up. Um, you know, we, we love the Texas observer. We love Texas. We love progressive politics. Um, so we just said, uh, it can't happen and ask the public for help and your, um, your, uh, listeners and, um, readers, uh, came through. 
you know, as a chief editor, did I get it right this time? As a chief, uh, the editor in chief of the magazine. Very good. Did I get it right this time? Yeah, I did. But you can just call me Gabriel. <laughs> okay, Gabriel. Let, let, let me just say this. It's um, why do you think they had a vote? Why do you think that message went out to um, the Texas Tribune before any of you were made aware of it? I mean, I have no, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, it shows, you know, that they cared more about how, you know, how this would be perceived in the media than about, you know, the well-being of any of the journalists on staff or the publication. Um, you know, we had been um, begging them to talk to us, you know, in the weeks uh, leading up to this. Um, you know, we had some some people on the business side leave and we wanted to talk about fundraising and radio silence from them, you know. They, they sat around while, you know, Rome burned and um, and, you know, talked to the press before they talked to us. Um, I mean, it was very insulting, you know, given all of the work that we do and how important the observer is to, um, you know, Texas and, and democracy, um, you know, to to you know, for them to care more about, um, you know, what uh, the Texas Tribune uh, thinks than what they're uh, what's going to happen to their own staff and us losing our jobs. Now, my question is, who is this board? Well, I don't understand the structure, really. I thought that the Texas Observer was a 501c3 publication that took care of its own business. Like, please explain exactly how you are structured. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a little, you, you know, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, so <laughs> right. the Texas Observer is a 501c3 and the um, the board is a separate entity and they're, you know, had the fiduciary duty of, of keeping us afloat financially, um, you know, is their, is their main, main purpose. And, um, you know, they, and, and treating us like human beings. <laughs> now who selects the board? Uh, they select each other and they're, you know, we've asked the staff had asked for, you know, to have a journalist on the board. There are no journalists on the board. Um, you know, and we've just been ignored um, by them for weeks and weeks. Um, so, I mean, it's all non-journalists. I mean, they've appointed each other, you know, the, the um, yeah, the, there are four new members who came in. Um, so, I mean, we have nothing to do with the selection of the board. You know, we finally got, you know, a listening voice on the board. So one of the staff can listen in at meetings, but they always went into executive session and voted right. on things, you know. And so. my, my question to you then is, uh, how can we have a publication like, a progressive publication like the Texas Absor Observer, we have a board that doesn't seem to be functionally connected to uh, to the to publication. I mean, I see that as a clear and present danger. Uh, you, you got away. This one came through. I, I see an email that, or the letter that they sent with a whole ton of apologies, not only to the readers, but to the people, the donors, etc. But again, accountability. Um, why isn't the structure of this magazine more so that it is the magazine proper and a board that reflects the magazine? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I think there are historical reasons it happened. You know, I think... Um, you know, some of the older board members, you know, had gotten tired and, you know, didn't want to um, help. And, um, you know, there are new board members who um, came on. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to answer what's uh, what's going on in their head. Um, I mean, but we should, um, you know, ideally, usually on most boards, you know, the staff have a presence The you know, the, the board has a good relationship with the staff. And, you know, we've been trying to connect with them and um, nothing. I mean, it's it's weird for a progressive publication to have a board that treated us like we were a Walmart 
and, you know, just wanted to shut us down and, and, um, you know, take away our access to, you know, our social media, you know, our email and, um, yeah. And, and give up and, and close the publication entirely. If I were a bitten person, it would not surprise me if this had something to do with the Texas culture, if you will, and, uh, and who controls, uh, Texas. I mean, it, it almost seems to me like this was intentional with, uh, to get rid of a magazine that ho- holds no bars. That's what it, I mean, if you're looking at it like, uh, like a blogger host media host on the outside, it seems like they were intent on shutting you down because you take on contentious issues that scare the whole hell out of the le- the, the current leadership in this state. Yeah. I mean, I think that that shows, you know, who, um, you know, who the loyalties on the board, you know, are too. I mean, when you don't have any journalists on the board, you know, they don't see the the value of the magazine, what, you know, the purpose it serves, you know, uh, in democracy, um, you know, they, they, I mean, they think like, um, corporate people, <laughs> right. And, you know, they're trying to, trying to run us and then shut us down. Like, you know, we're a corporation and, you know, uh, we're not. And, you know, you, it's not the board, you know, that gets to shut down the magazine. I mean, it's not, you know, the, the magazine is, um, you know, an idea, it's a name, you know, it's everybody who ever worked there, you know, it's the people who work here now. I think they didn't appreciate, you know, uh, they, I think they didn't appreciate, you know, what the magazine is and it's more than, you know, the board, it's more well, than... Well, uh, let me interrupt you there. You said they didn't appreciate what the magazine is. I may beg to differ, but they may be appreciate what the magazine really is. And in that light, my God, what the magazine is, it's a clear and present danger if we yeah. want to continue on this particular path uh, that we have in this current government. Yeah, I mean, you would almost think that they were out to um, to destroy us. Right, yes. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, cause when you, um, care about something and, you know, it's in trouble, you step in and, you know, like a mother, try to save it. You know, you don't lock yourself in the, in the house and refuse to talk to anyone who's saying, Hey, you know, your baby is drowning. <laughs> so let me ask you this in, in, in sort of closing, um, where do we go from here? Because uh, I'll be honest, um, I, I'm immediately going to go ahead and update a membership to your magazine, but one shouldn't feel safe that this board won't be manipulated a few months down when our short memories go away on this. So I, I hope, and you tell me yes or no, that there is some action to, to, to change not only the makeup of the board, but how the board functions as opposed to the rights that they have with regards to the magazine. Yeah, that was part of our demand letter, you know, is that we don't just need, you know, um, you know, we, we need new board leadership. We need, you know, to look at the bylaws, you know, and to make it a more democratic institution like yes. the, you know, the magazine is, um, you know, it, I, I mean, it was just so weird and everybody found it baffling that, you know, our board is, you know, acting like it's run by a dictator, you know? And so, uh, yeah, there's, um, part of our conditions, you know, we're, we're, um, we're board reform and getting, you know, the staff's voice on the board. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for that. Uh, you're right. This isn't the end, you know, the, you know, we raised a certain amount of money now, you know, that helps inspire bigger donors. Cause you know, the super rich people sit and wait, right. Know, see, see what the public does and then step right. in. Um, well, yeah. And, and that's what, you know, but, but I, I tell you just watching, Listen, uh, reading the 
letter of apology. I mean, it, that's all it was, a letter of apology to just about everybody who really wanted to know what the hell was going on. And uh, it, it's almost a cover. Forgive me. Now that I've been caught, please don't fire me. Well, it's time for uh, the, the, Obser- the Texas Observer to really take this seriously, in my humble opinion. Progressive values uh, are under attack throughout this country. And we need the brave folks like you guys. First of all, congratulations for this great, that showing that crowdsourcing work when you get the people involved. Con- I mean, I, I can't tell you how ecstatic I am that you guys were successful. Yeah. Well, thank you to you and thank you to your, to your readers. And, um, you know, we're, we're all on the same team. <laughs> well, Gabriel Arana, muchísimas gracias por being here with me. No hay de que gracias. Oh, yes. I was so happy that, uh, that, that they, that they pulled it through, pulled it through. Michael says, heading out a few minutes early tomorrow, me and my mom got a routine doctor's appointment. Same family doctor, most likely, will be away. So see you next week. Great to see you uh, today, all of my peeps in the room. Um, let's see what time is it. It's, uh, it's almost time for me to get out of here, but I want to put what's on the screen from, I think, was this Breach? In my day, we had to wear a hood and a robe. Not just that, a hat. Not just a hat. <laughs> Not just... Maga hat. We had to do all of that. Who who gave me that that meme? Was that Breach MCP? I can't believe it. Anyhow, that was great seeing that, my friend. Anyhow, folks. Anyhow, 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 anyhow. Uh, let's go ahead and um. Uh, oh, I need to do my ask. Um, you know, after let's see, let's go ahead and let's see what we're gonna do here. Para ver, para ver, para ver. Please support politics done right, and how can you do that? You can support politics done right either by joining our PayPal. We need a whole lot of PayPal's, folks. Can I say un café por un mes? Send us a coffee with PayPal. You can also support us via. Uh, uh, that, that was actually Patreon, I mean. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. You can also support us by going through politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Support us on YouTube. Click that join button on YouTube and you become a part of the PDR Posse on YouTube. Uh, Bri says, I wrote it. Michael got meme. Oh, oh, you wrote it. Wow. Okay, my dear beautiful lady. Uh, you can you can also subscribe to us via Facebook. But I tell you what, instead of me going through all of this today again, please remember there's a all in one place you can support us via politicsdoneright.com slash support. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. Thank you guys for always being there. You guys are the PDR posse. I'm going to tell you guys a story because there's a good chance that I, let's say I leave KPFT. I want you guys to remember something. When I started going to to KPFT several days a week, I, I had a poll here and I said, do you want the hours changed given that my time at KPFT was at noon? And you guys said, no, we want our show. It is, this is our show. We want this show at 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. 
Mountain, 1 p.m. Pacific. That's what I did. So drove into town to do our show at noon and made sure that we stayed here because the team, one of the reasons I would have never given up on the PDR Posse to put our eggs in the basket of some corporate or 501c3 network is because, it's because, no matter where you are, whenever you get some sort of a corporate structure or some sort of a dictator or some sort of any one of these things, what you get is they want to own you. Well, you know what? Nobody owns you guys. Nobody owns me. We are a team. We are a family. And that's how it remains. Never allow Never, ever allow folks, my brothers and my sisters, never allow the corporate mentality to put the chains back into your head. When you are independent as you are, then you know what? It really doesn't matter, right? Whoever you hang with for a while, because you've got what? Family. You've got family. PDR Posse, all of you, you are my family. You are our family making a difference in the progressive space. Let's keep this baby growing and do what we need to do. Daniel Edo, they did the same thing in the coffee party. You heard about the coffee party as well, Mike Cisak. Wow, you heard about it. I think the instructive face values and weak constitution of these radicals by how they have all blocked me. So now I see conservative comments on Marxist forum. They can't handle. But Daniel, nothing that you write gets hidden here. You are loved here, Daniel and Mike Cisak and all of you guys. Y'all are part of this posse. You know what you guys should be doing right now? You guys should, uh, you know, I have many of you conservatives in the posse supporting the show right now. I would love to see Daniel and CSEC support the show as well. Then I would have known they come here, they don't agree, but they know that we're family and we're getting things done. Mike, I'm waiting. Mike CSEC, that is. Daniel Ledo, I'm waiting as well, brother. I'm waiting on my two brothers to hang in there and join the PDR Posse uh, support because you're already a part of the PDR Posse. Anyhow, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.